Hey, welcome once again. This is Elle at Iron Dove. Dialogue is the key to reform. Access is the key to dialogue. At Iron Dove, you can find both. Come on down, talk it up, and let's see what we can figure out. According to statistics from the U.S. Department of Justice, more than 2 million men and women are behind bars in the United States. Our country, which is the land of the free, incarcerates more people than probably anywhere in the world. Contrary to some beliefs, most of the people in prison are not in prison for committing violent crimes. In 1980, when we set out on the, quote, war on drugs, our incarceration rates increased by 12-fold. Only about half of the inmates in prison are in prison for violent crimes. Most of the rest of them are in prison for drug offenses and other things. More blacks are sent to prison for drug offenses than for violence. In contrast, white offenders are in prison more likely for violence than drugs. So it's kind of an interesting thing because the prison population is African Americans are arrested, prosecuted, and imprisoned for drug offenses at far higher rates than whites. The disparity in race and the relationship between arrest, drug possession, drug offenses, incarceration for, for drug-related incidences is so much higher among African Americans that it's, again, a social commentary. It's so difficult to see these numbers and not be enraged, and not be enraged. Black men of all ages are incarcerated at more than seven times the rate of white men. No single state is free of this significant disparity. This is such an obvious comment. The law is not blind. The law doesn't wear a mask over its eyes like the, the proverbial woman holding the scales. The social commentary here is so blatant. Anyway. The prison system in the United States is probably one of the largest growing businesses in the United States. Many, many people are in prison. Who are the people that are in prison? And is it a direct social commentary? It's a question worth looking at. I don't have the answers. I don't know the answers. I do think that somewhere there has to be a heart or a mind that is strong enough to stop the wheel. The wheel of justice turning and turning and turning is blind. You know, the, the, the image of the woman holding the scale, she's blindfolded. She's blindfolded because she doesn't see the social commentary that underlies the crimes. But we, as an evolving humanity, need to remove this blindfold and see the social commentary and see 
what is happening and why. That's not to say that there's any excuse for violent crime. There is not. It is unacceptable in a civilized society. But case after case after case after case, time after time after time after time, year after year after decade after century, it has been shown that people who are desperate, people who have nothing to lose, people who are grasping at straws will resort to committing unspeakable acts to try and, and, and pull themselves out of a place. Once in that spiral of negative energy, they will continue to spiral down and down and down and down and darker and darker and darker and darker. And only by giving light, only by bringing compassion and love into the picture can the energy be offset even just a little bit. Does taking a life ease suffering? Does it remove the pain, loss, or anguish of the bereaved? Can vengeance ever affect healing? Does the concept of vengeance actually create more pain? Again, I, I don't know the answers to these questions. I'm just asking the questions. I think many of the old books have it right when they say vengeance begets vengeance, hatred begets hatred, horror begets horror. Only love, humility, and compassion can bring peace. And I, I think that that's probably true. In a country where war is the answer to solving the world's problems, the model, the expectation is for society to behave as the government behaves. In a just world, what is justice? justice, concern for peace, and a genuine respect for people. To humble oneself, to stand in the shoes of another, is to really understand and feel compassion. Some of the murders that are committed by people in these prisons are so horrific. They are crimes that would make your skin crawl. Savagery that is so awful to even just read. Do we bring further horror upon ourselves by taking that life that took 
the prior life? Is there even a place in a mind for compassion, for a mind as evil as, as someone's who would perpetrate such brutality? If you think about the world as this balanced place, like an ecosystem, there serves to be a certain amount of light and a certain amount of dark, a certain amount of wetland, a certain amount of dry land, a certain amount of air, a certain amount of sea. To turn darkness into light is the triumph. To take a life that was so violent and so detrimental to a city like Los Angeles and turn it to a light, turn it, the darkness, into light. Turn this man's dark life into a life of giving, teaching, learning, renewing the youth in the city looking into the social roots of this gang, the why, the when, the where, the how, the who, and addressing the root of the problem, addressing the issues that are the unmentionables. Nobody paid much notice when he was lost at risk youth, when he was founding this gang, becoming a, 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 a leader. People respected him. He was tough. Violence begets violence. Killing begets killing. For a mother who lost a child, to be courageous enough to say, turn the darkness to light, is almost too much to ask. But the operative word here is almost. It's not too much to ask because the truth of the matter is, is that mother will not only have to live with the loss of her child, but she will also have to live with the knowledge of the vengeance. And that can't be good. It can't be. And it can't be helpful. It cannot eliminate the pain, the loss, or alleviate the grief. We've all lost a loved one just from just regular living and dying. And grief is grief and there is nothing that takes that grief away except time and it doesn't take it away it just allows it to mellow into some kind of an understanding the Europeans have a deep aversion to capital punishment Capital punishment is illegal throughout the European Union. They were so enraged in Austria over 
the fact that Governor Schwarzenegger refused to grant clemency, that they actually, <laughs> there were people who were actually asking for um, him to relinquish his citizenship. I think that's a little absurd, but, you know, I mean, I think that Mr. Schwarzenegger was doing what he thought was right. Everybody should do what they think is right. And you have to look at these kinds of situations not completely blindfolded because an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth doesn't really work. It hasn't worked. And as difficult and painful as it may be to lose an eye and not try to take another. It's so necessary. The issue of William's case really brings to the forefront some of the more pressing questions. Violence is violence. Executing a person, whether it's in the act of committing a crime or the act of enforcing the law, is violence. The social commentary that it speaks to is, a, is an example that is difficult. It's very difficult when our at-risk children, children with no role models, without family structures to fall back on, see our government reacting to misbehavior with death. Their understanding of the answer to misbehavior is death. Now, their interpretation of misbehavior and our, my interpretation and your interpretation of misbehavior may be completely different. Their interpretation of misbehavior might be that they thought somebody walked too close to them on the sidewalk, so they blew their brains out. Whereas you and I might think the, the misbehavior is that the kid blew the brains out, so now they go to death row. They're both misbehavior, and in different minds, the behavior is, is processed in different levels of magnitude and importance. I don't know the answer to the question, but more and more, I think the answer is not death. You know what, I guess, I guess the thing is that an act of vengeance will not bring peace. It won't bring peace to your heart, it won't bring peace to your mind, it won't bring closure to the loss. The loss is the loss. Will it bring closure? The, the, the only thing that, that can be said of that kind of a violence is that you know for sure beyond the shadow of a doubt that this particular person will not do this to somebody else. And that can be affected by incarceration. And whether it costs people money or not is a whole different issue. And 
to be that attached to money is is an issue that speaks to the underlying social problem in the system to begin with. People in this country are so attached to money that we've created classes and subclasses that have such huge gaps that there are a number of different levels of society living in one country. The society that lives in the gang world is a very different society than the one that lives in middle America in the Bible Belt, which is very different than the one that lives on either coast in, in the major cities. And, and it all relates to money and power. With great wealth comes great responsibility. And as a nation of wealth, we have a responsibility to our people. And we have a responsibility to be role models to our people. And we have a responsibility to help those who need the help the most. Keeping Stanley Tukey Williams in prison for another 20 years could have cost this country $2 million. I mean, the numbers are, are unbelievable of what it costs to keep people incarcerated for a year. It's unbelievable, very expensive. And on the other hand, how much do we spend on looking at the root of the problem? How could we better spend our money and time? I don't know the answer. These are some thoughts that I've been thinking, that have been bothering me about the whole situation. I wasn't going to do a podcast about it because it's such a, just a difficult, touchy subject, but, you know, it's one of those issues. And I, I talk about these things a lot, is that, you know, politics, religion, social issues, people don't want to talk about them because they're hot. People argue, they disagree, they get angry. You know what? These are the issues that we really need to discuss because these are the issues that are at the heart of what hurts people so that we can achieve the next level of evolution. The next level of evolution involves the woman with the scales of justice really truly being blindfolded because she doesn't need to see the social commentary underlying but right now, in this day, in this place where we're at, people are still segregated. People are still manipulated. People are still downtrodden and abused and lost and live in poverty and live in emptiness and live without role models. And the role models that are available are inappropriate. Our own government condemns other governments for what we do ourselves. Hypocrisy runs rampant in our own system. Look at the population of the prisons. Who are our prisons filled with? Why are we not addressing the social issue of who's filling our prisons? This gentleman's life was more valuable helping us to identify those social issues and stemming the tide than taking his life. It's a shame. 
So now after all that, I've answered my own question. Capital punishment? I think not. So let me know what you think. Come on down, talk it up, drop me a note on the community board, and let me know what you think. I'd really love to know. Till tomorrow, this is Elle at Iron Dove, signing out.